You're listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us at 1pc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, If I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. <clears throat> In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, Therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. And these words he spoke in the treasury as he, thought, as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are, the world, you are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe, that I am he who will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak, just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is, is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And he is saying these things, many believe in him. We are uh, picking back up in John. And if um, um, you remember the last time when we looked at the passage immediately before this, I said that most scholars and a good bit of evidence that while seeing the, the story that is recounted there um, as an authentic event and, and something that happened, most say that this did not take place uh, originally was not part of John's gospel here. So there's a sense in which to kind of understand this, we need to remember the context we're in. He is there in the temple at the, the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, this feast is a celebration where they, they would build little uh, tents to stay in because they were celebrate and remember um, uh, God's faithfulness to them. Um, the, the, they would recount the wanderings in the wilderness and um, God's faithfulness in providing for them in the wilderness. And if you were to read the, the story of their time wandering in the wilderness, uh, we, we would pick up um, some of the themes here. Um, in Exodus chapter 16, it tells us about God feeding the people with bread from heaven. He, he brought the manna down. In Exodus 17 is the story of God providing water. 
by having Moses strike the rock and and water is given to the people. Um, Before that, we're told of how God led everyone through the wilderness with a pillar of cloud and, and a pillar of fire that provided light for them as they journeyed. And so he's celebrating, and all these events are in their minds. And as we read John 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I'm the one who came down from heaven. Moses gave you bread in the wilderness. I'm the true bread. In John chapter 7, he said that he is, um, you know, if anyone is thirsty, come to him. He's the water of life. He's, he's you know, that, that rock that struck that gives water for us. And now we, we see where again Jesus speaks. And in the midst of this feast where they will light torches and uh, celebrate in the evening, he says, I am the light of the world. The one who is the bread is also the water of life is also the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And hopefully by now you're picking up several of the themes and the repetition of these themes throughout John's gospel. So we're going to look at Jesus as the light of the world. When we talk about light, uh, there's a couple of different aspects of it that are especially, for, forgive the pun, highlighted in Scripture. I, I expected more appreciation for puns from certain areas and... <laughs> But didn't get it. Thank you. So no amens, just laughter. So one is light is knowledge. I, I was thinking it's a very appropriate that we're talking about the light of the world as we celebrate sending our kids back to school to to get understanding and knowledge as you help enlighten our children, those of you who teach. Um, we, we talk about illumination, the, the prayer before the reading of Scripture, we call the prayer of illumination because we're asking the Holy Spirit to give us understanding, help us to know these words. Um, we talk about enlightenment as someone who has come to a deeper understanding. You know, the age of enlightenment coming out of the dark ages was this idea that knowledge was gained. But th- it's not just facts, it's not just kind of insights and, and can you name the capital of all the states, kind of enlightenment. Um, but enlightenment of wisdom and knowledge and understanding truth and understanding Jesus. We also speak of light and darkness in the sense of spiritual realities and moral realities. That we understand that darkness is the the you know spiritual darkness is evil. Um, John 3.20 says that everyone who does wicked things hates the light, does not come to his light, lest his works should be exposed. So much evil is done with masks. So much evil done hidden because it's dark, it's hidden, it's kept away. And these two aren't separate because the Bible has this understanding that as you know the truth, you will do the truth. As you know truth, you will do things that are good. Then we do the right. Um... Darkness is dangerous, whether it's a darkness of ignorance, whether it's a darkness of uh, moral failure, darkness is dangerous. Some of you have had the um, experience of maybe trying to get up in the middle of the night to, you know, go somewhere else in the room and not wake your spouse. And, um, you know, best case scenario, you stub your toe and um, you, you make sounds like I do. Worst case scenario, Tommy, your, your scar is looking much better. Glad. 
It can be dangerous to walk in the dark. Even in your home where you know where things are supposed to be, it can be not good. And so in this interaction with the Pharisees, now they show their darkness as they respond to the light. They show their knowledge in the form of their ignorance or their lack of understanding, their not knowing Jesus. In uh, the passage 13-20 through 20 seems to especially highlight this. As they say, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony's not true. This kind of goes back to the idea that you need two witnesses to establish truth according to the law. And, and Jesus um, takes this and, and, and says, my, my testimony is true. Um, I know where I'm coming from and where I'm going. You don't know where I'm from and you don't know where I'm going. And again, I think there's almost an echo of this wilderness wandering where the people didn't know where they were going, uh, where they were wandering in the wilderness, unsure, uh, being led by God, but themselves not knowing. Um, but it's also you know, a pointer that they don't know where he comes from because they're talking to him and he is the one who has come from above and they don't understand it and they don't understand where he's going. And the, the whole point is where he's going and where he's coming from is a person. It's the Father. He comes from the Father and he will return to the Father. After the resurrection, Jesus is going to say to Mary Magdalene, you know, don't hold on to me. I've not ascended yet to my Father and to your Father. The one who sent him that we hear in the beginning is the one he will return to. And they don't know the Father, which is the whole point. And so he says, my father bears witness that it's not just me. It's also the father bears witness of who I am. And so they, they reveal their ignorance when they say, where is your father? In other words, you know, where this, where's this other witness? Where's this other testimony? Where is he? And they show they, they don't know the father. They don't know the one whom they claim to represent and to give their life to study. These are the people, they're Pharisees. They, they study the scriptures. They, they make the pretense of teaching others of who the Father is. They claim to be the ones who know Him better than anyone else. And they have this knowledge of the words, but they don't know the person. They don't know the Father. And so their, their willful ignorance, their, their sinful misunderstanding is shown when they ask, where is He? This very learned, very religious man who know the Scriptures, are still ignorant of the God the Scriptures point to. And so, they are still in their sin. Which leads us to the moral, spiritual darkness they're in. 21 through 30 kind of highlights this. Jesus says to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. He speaks to the Pharisees that he is going away. They're going to look for him. They have been looking for him, and they're going to die in their sins. Their darkness and their lack of knowing the Father will be sealed. It will continue even after this life is passed. And then their um, ignorance again, they say, is he going to kill himself? Because he says he's going where they can't go. He's not, his hour's not yet come, but all of that is pointing us to the, the, the kind of tragic irony of this is we've already been told that this group of people is seeking him, but they're seeking him in order to kill him. 
And Jesus indeed will be killed, but he is not killing himself. It is the Pharisees who are leading to his death, seeking to kill him. And again, the irony shows us they can't come with him. They remain in his sin. They can't be lifted up back to the Father because he says they are from below, but he is from above. They are from this world. He is not of this world. Uh, that's the, that is the divide between light and dark. That is the divide between those who are in the Father and those who will remain in their sin. Throughout John is this idea that you are of this world. Christ has come into this world, and he brings people out of this world into relationship with him. He brings people out of darkness into light, out of death into life. And all of this is to be born anew. Another meaning of that word, as we looked in John 3, is not only that you're born again, you're born from above. He is one who is from above, not from below. He is not born of this world. He has come into this world, and he takes us with him to be part of the Father's world, the Father's kingdom. The world in John is not... Um, just talking about God's good creation. The world in John means a people who are rebelling against the one who made them. So the wonder of John 3.16 is, amazingly, God loves this world, even though this world doesn't know him. This world rejects them. This world is rebellious. The amazing wonder of God's love is that he loves a sinful and rebellious people. And he makes us, gives us new life, gives us birth, so that we now are born from above. We are born again that we might know him. He points all this back to Nicodemus, that we must be born again if we're going to see the kingdom. Because, as he told Nicodemus, the things of this flesh, that is the things of this world, cannot know the things of the Spirit. They can't enter his kingdom. And they reveal again their ignorance as they say, Who are you? And this is exactly what Jesus has said. If you do not know me, you do not know the Father. If you don't know the Father, you don't know me. Jesus and the Father are one. To know one is to know the other. If you want to have a relationship with God, the only way that happens is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Coming to faith in Him, that is a result of our being born anew, we come to the Father. They ask, who are you? They knew neither Jesus nor the Father. I want to read again from John chapter 1, all of which was pointing to themes in the rest of this book. 1 verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, or the darkness has not understood it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or the will of, God, of man, but of God. And here he is, the one, the light that has come into the world, standing before those who reject him, who do not receive him, who do not understand him. But he says, you will know. You will know the truth when I am lifted up. Again, a reference back to the wilderness. 
that Jesus is being lifted up, as he told Nicodemus, is being lifted up as the serpent in the wilderness, which is a story of, of um, the people being healed by looking at a, an image that God raised up, which was pointing to Christ as he is lifted up. For Jesus is lifted up on the cross. He is lifted up to suffer for us. He's lifted up to take our punishment. And in that moment, it reveals who he is but it also reveals who they are. So when he's saying, I'm going to be lifted up and you're going to know who I am, he's not saying so that you can believe and trust in me. He's saying the truth of this is going to be shown and your evil is going to be exposed. I don't know if you've gotten confused how many times Jesus says, I don't judge, um, but yet if I did judge, it would be this. And later on he says, and I judge. I've come to speak and to judge. There's a sense in which God, uh, Jesus does not judge as in he doesn't come and condemn. But there's another sense in which, yes, he does judge because your reaction to him exposes, are you of this world? Are you of God? There's a judgment that comes from your response to who Jesus is. And the response of lifting him up on the cross exposes and condemns, and the truth of who he is is shown, but the truth is shown not so that they might be forgiven, but that they might be condemned in their evil. In other words, they can know the truth, but they're not trusting in Jesus. They don't have a relationship with him. So it's just head knowledge that doesn't lead to life, doesn't lead to, lead to them living in the light. They then were told, after Jesus shares this, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. What wonderful hope. We've been told that people didn't believe. He did signs and they wanted signs of belief. Here, they don't believe because he does signs. They believe his word. They believe the good news of the light. And so as we read this, the obvious question, the question that has come up to me week, uh, every, every day this week as I've read this text is, Am I walking in darkness? Or am I walking in the light? If, if I have the light of life, am I walking in darkness? The letters of John pick up this theme, and, and they're all um, they're surrounding these questions to ask ourselves, are we walking in light? I want to raise some of these as, as you just ask yourself, if I claim to walk in the light, if I claim to know the light, does my life, is my life consistent with that or am I walking in darkness? 1 John 2, 3-5 says, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says I know him but does not his keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. And John's not saying we've reached perfection, that we never stumble or doubt or fail. But overall, are we obedient? Do we take his word and say, I want to know his word and I want to follow his word? Or do we take parts we like and say, I'm really good at those and overlook the other parts and come up with some excuse why they don't apply to us? To walk in the light is to obey his commandments. And if we say we know Jesus, but we don't want to follow his commandments, 
John says we're a liar. First John 2.9 says, Whoever says he is in light and hates his brother is still in darkness. In other words, do you have fellowship with other believers? Do you love each other? You know, fellowship in Christianese means coffee and donuts. I absolutely love coffee and donuts. But they're not what the Bible means with fellowship. What it means with fellowship is when I see some brothers and sisters gathered around praying for somebody. What it means with fellowship is, is when you have a joy of you want to be here and worship because you're facing a world of darkness and you need others who are walking in light to encourage you. And you don't see how you can do it too long if you don't have other believers meeting with you in Sunday school or, or getting together for lunch during the week who are upholding you. Do you love one another? I mean, we, we can disagree on a lot of things, but at the end of the day, do we see each other as baptized, as redeemed, as born anew, and we love one another, and we want what's best for one another? First John 2.15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That is, is your heart more inclined to the vain things of this world? Do you, do you get more excitement about entertainment than you do about praising your Savior? Do, do you measure your children's success and what you desire for them? Is it more of you want them to do well and have a good job and everybody praise them? Or do you want them to know Christ and His love and sing His praises? Do, do you want them to you know, have a good job and everybody think, wow, they're, they're really doing good, look at this house? Or do you want them to have the humility of, of, of commitment, of loving Jesus? These are our, our questions of, do we truly walk in the light? Do we believe? We believe in Him who is not a witness to the light, but who Himself is the light. And belief is not just the knowledge like the Pharisees had, but trusting yourself to Him. If not, Jesus says, if you are still in the flesh, if you're still in this world, if you're still in the darkness, Jesus says you will die in your sins. Which means if you are not with the light, your eternity is cut off from the light. If you do not know the one who is the light of life, your eternity is death. Your eternity is darkness. If you have not been born again, if you're not a new creation of the water and the blood, you are still in your sin and you are still condemned. John 3.36, Jesus says, um, or we, we hear that of Jesus that if we, uh, have, if we trust the Son, we have life. But if we do not obey the Son, our sins, we're still in our sins. The wrath of God remains on us. My, one of the burdens on my heart the last few weeks is just the burden of living in an area where everybody assumes they're a Christian. In the Bible Belt, everyone's a Christian. Everyone's a member of a church they don't go to. Let me give a little levity of this. There's a, a joke where, you know, in Northern Ireland, everyone was either uh, Protestant or Catholic. And there's a story where um, a Jewish man goes into a bar, and the bartender says, are you Protestant or Catholic? The man says, neither, I'm Jewish. And he says, aye, but would that be a Catholic Jew or a Protestant Jew? 
In the South, that's exactly what we do with Christianity. It's just a cultural label. And how dare we question if anyone is not really a Christian because it's really just kind of saying they're not a nice person. And because I think so many of us, many of your experience might be that you've been told you're a Christian because you said a prayer at Bible school one time. Or maybe you're a Christian because you went through confirmation class. Or maybe you came forward at a revival. Or you sang Kumbaya enough times at a camp. And I'm afraid we've told so many people and we're afraid to say, that is not what makes you a Christian. Have you been born anew? Do you know Jesus? I don't mean do you know the facts about Jesus and can you write some Bible verses, but do you know the Savior? Have you come to Him so that you are walking in the light in a way that shows you? That's not that we're perfect. We stumble, we fail, but at the end of the day, do you know Him? Are you trusting in Jesus? Have you believed? If so, you have the light of life. And I see it. I, 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 as I was reading this, I, w- I was just thinking of the light that I see shining around here, especially in uh, the past couple of weeks as we've had more darkness than usual. has brought tears of joy um, t- to me as I see the light of Christ in you. Trust in Him and show that light to others. Let us, let us pray. Lord, we thank You that we have forgiveness in Jesus Christ, that we can know the light and the hope that is His. Lord, help us all to examine ourselves, to confess our sins, to trust in Christ, to have an assurance that we are truly Yours, uh, not so that we can think we're um, uh, righteous in ourselves, but that we might know Him and share Him with others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And you've been listening to a sermon from the preaching and teaching ministry of First Presbyterian Church, Covington, Tennessee. Our mission is to proclaim Christ's kingdom through word and deed. You can learn more about us and listen to other sermons at onepc-covington.org or join us for worship at 403 South Main Street, Covington, Tennessee.